Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me, please. Join the Record of the Month Club at www.joinvmp.com forward slash Holy Backboard. All right, everybody, welcome to the 129th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man Sage chilling in the place to be, and that place is Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, I, I, I messed up the first recording of this, and I want to take complete and full responsibility for it and uh we're here recording our 129th episode which i'm very excited about man 129 things do times doing the right thing is incredibly rare and i don't think i've ever done it 129 things right the same time so thank you for being on being my co-host with me on this wonderful last journey let's talk about these damn blazers I mean, we have had no weeks off during the regular season. We are basically the podcast Iron Man, the Andre Miller of this shit. We mm-hmm. do this week in and week out, and I'm tired of shit. It's 10:19. <laughs> My old ass is ready to go to bed, but it's Monday fucking night, and I'm ready to go with you. Let's fucking roll, Sage. All right. I, number one thing I have to I have to call you out first thing on the podcast. We went to what? a yeah, yeah, yeah first thing, uh, I I talked to I talked to my girl, and she said one of the days uh, we were hanging out one time and took a selfie, and she replied with Dustin's got hella straight teeth, and I I told her that you're gonna put that shit in your uh, Twitter bio, and uh, I looked today and there was no mention of hella straight teeth. I don't mention, I don't remember anything about this Twitter bio. I, I do have to say, though, that my Twitter bio is uh, maxed out. I've already had to trim down characters. and uh, There is not, there's just not room to deviate from, from what's already there. But I do appreciate the sentiment. I do try to take care of my hella straight-ass teeth. So, uh, you know, we got to make this look good, right, Sage? All right, well, you know, I, I, you know. She she mentioned it to me and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Alright, I'll call about for you. <laughs> I didn't I didn't tell her that I'd be calling her on on the actual podcast, but this is what it is. So <laughs> We Gucci. Yeah, 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 absolutely, bro. Oh man. So this team, man, number one in the West at this the time of this recording, which is pretty incredible, right? For as much as like, I would say so. I don't think anybody through sixteen games would have said Portland would be the number one seed in the West. It, I don't think it would have been whether they were sixteen and zero or eleven and five, whatever it is, because it's not just Portland that controls their own destiny. You have to look at other teams out in the Western Conference, and they have to play a role in that as well. And you have drama in Golden State, the Bay Area where Draymond Green's calling Kevin Durant out, saying we've won before you. I dare you to leave in free agency. Steph Curry is hurt yet again. Klay Thompson just cannot get it going, and they have lost a lot of games and is currently sitting fourth, 12-6. and six. Houston just recently decided they were going to part ways with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, they've started to pick it back up. I believe they've won four straight, but nobody would have ever imagined they'd be 8-7 and seven at this time in uh recording on november 19th and then you've just had a lot of ebbs and flows and we look at denver starting out nine and one i believe they're one and seven in their one and six 
in their last seven games. You look at Oklahoma City starting at 0-4, uh, 10-2 since since that stretch. Um, a lot of a lot of that without Russell Westbrook. However, they did just lose tonight with Russell back in the lineup against again another surprising Sacramento Kings team. And then you have teams like the Clippers and Memphis, who we all left for dead. And maybe so, maybe that will be the case. But through 16 games, that that hasn't been. And it, it's just been the Western Conference. And what I mean by that is, you just never know what you're going to get. And really, outside of Phoenix. 1 through 14 can can give you an L. I mean we saw Dallas spank Utah by 50 points. Uh that that that's incredible given how defensive minded that that Jazz team is. So with all of that mayhem for Portland who is dealing with their their own internal struggles, we know we have no idea when Mo Harkless is going to come back. The bench has been great, it's been shitty, we don't know, but because we have a consistent force that is Damian Lillard we're sitting here at 11 and five and first in the Western Conference and halfway through one of the most difficult road trips uh, of the entire season for the Blazers. It, it's been a bit of a rocky go um, one and two so far. Unfortunately, we've dropped two straight against the Lakers. LeBron uh, passes Wilt goes into fifth all time and basically nearly puts up a 44 point triple double as they outlast the Blazers 126 117. Uh, we followed it up with, I, I felt like easily our worst performance of the season, uh, a loss in Minneapolis against the Timberwolves 112 to 96. And then thankfully we rebounded. We bounced back, um, flirted with disaster on, on a few occasions, but ultimately put away the Wizards, held them at bay led by as much as 29 points at one point, but finally finished the job 119-109 uh, to get the first win on this road trip. Uh, Sage, what were your thoughts on, on a one-and-two week for the Trailblazers? It felt like at least the two games we lost, the effort was meh, and we can't afford to come out with lackluster games and in this Western Conference. Because that's what happens. We get spanked if we don't come up with the right intensity. And it's something I've noticed where, like, we'll do the play 80% right, but forget to close out. Or do something where it's just basic. And then teams that are smart take advantage of it. So, like, I think we have to come out strong in the beginning of each and every game. Because we can't play catch-up, especially with how talented this Western Conference is. Each loss means something. I mean, like, yo, isn't first and eighth place like two games apart? You can't you can't go out lackluster and have lackluster efforts because that's what happens when you you lose. You get bunched in the face. Yeah, first in the West, five losses. Eleventh in the West, eight losses. So you're looking at three games in the loss column separates first through a pretty decent lottery pick. So. Um, expect that to be the case, I think, throughout the the duration of the 18-19 season. And, and I think that's why if you follow us on Twitter or you are um, an avid listener uh, of the podcast, you'll know that we treat every game like it is a playoff scenario because we saw last year one game separated the third seed through not getting home court advantage. Uh, Denver and Utah basically had an elimination game on the last game of the season just to get into the postseason. So, yes, every game does matter. There are no times for 
for fuck-ups, you have to bring your A game every night. And I know that's asking a lot, but if at the end of the year you're in April and you're getting ready to go to the postseason, are you happy that you're at home in Portland or are you traveling to Houston, Oklahoma City, Golden State for a first-round matchup? Because the games right now mean just as much as the ones in April. And to your point, I thought Portland actually came out really strong in that Los Angeles game. We did a fantastic job of moving the basketball, getting easy buckets, and Nurkic has been basically just a damn beast lately. And I feel like we go away from him too often. You know, he had 21-14, he had 21, 14, four blocks and three steals in that contest, but LeBron put a little run with two minutes to go in that, that second quarter, and we really were never able to regroup. Um, it was a little frustrating because Rondo finally was quiet, but Lonzo hit a ton of threes. Caldwell Pope hit a ton of threes. It was We've played this team now three times, and when Portland wins, they hit their jump shots and their bench produces. When they lose, it's the exact opposite. You get the Lakers who are hitting their jump shots and Portland's bench just is kind of the bench we anticipated coming into the season. There's just no way we're going to win when we get 18 combined points from from our bench and Stauskas is and Stauskas and Curry get get a combined zero. I mean, they were the ones that were lighting the Lakers up on opening night. But I truly feel like those two players, especially Stauskas, are the X factors because they have to be guaranteed offense. You just, you can't rely one on Evan Turner to score. I mean, he's probably going to be a distributor first and foremost. Zach Collins, I think at this point, I probably hyped him up a little bit too much previous podcast, but you're happy if you get a three and maybe a nice post move out of him. Like, I I don't think he's a reliable scorer at this, Mm. at this stage just yet. He's, I mean, you got to be happy with the solid defense from him too. Yes, but for the Blazer bench, I think to be able to be in the rotation, as, as Terry likes to do, where he just goes five five flat on the bench, like there's all five reserves and the starters are getting the rest, we need offense. Mm. And I, I don't think defense is ever really going to be the question, so to speak. You know, Evan's a pretty decent defender. Stauskas has been much better than advertised. Um, and you're right, Zach Collins ha- is a nightmare. For, for the opposition on that in the court. I'm not super worried about that. But what Portland can't have happen is offensively, you either go into a drought, you commit turnovers, which lead to fast break points, or you just aren't taking good shots. Like that's what's able to give Dame and CJ their rest. Um, but we haven't been able to do it. And it, it kind of followed suit the next night in, in Minneapolis when – Again, Evan Turner gives you no points. Stauskas finally rebounds, goes four or five for eight. Um, but Seth Curry injured his knee. Uh, x-rays were negative in that Laker game. He actually missed the second half, and he hasn't returned since. Um, we saw the first look of you know Anthony Simons and, and Gary Trent Jr., who both showed promise. But make no mistake about it, th- this bench is going to have, I think, a lot of inconsistencies this year, and I think we just have to be – almost approach it as a game-by-game basis. They've shown how great they can be, as was the case in the opening night victory and, you know, those early season success. Um, But lately, 
it, it's been kind of what we thought and that they would be the Achilles heel, the weak link uh, of this Trailblazers team. So if you're Terry Stott, Sage, are you changing your rotation at all? Is he going to have to start staggering Damon CJ, keeping at least one of the two on the court, or at least put one starter, whether it's Layman or Aminu, but someone to be, I wouldn't say a calming influence, because I don't know if Layman or Aminu do that, but I think they're accustomed to playing with the starters and, and knowing their role and maybe providing, you know, just um, a bucket that stops the bleeding here or there. Well, I was thinking when you do the, the when you, when he does the rotations, he puts Nurkic in with the bench guys and tells him to go crazy. Cause if we need back buckets, Nurkic can provide it. If he's just going like 100%, I, my mind's sake is scoring the basket and being a terror offensively. Because I, w- I was thinking that might be a good thing to try to say, hey, the, the two guards are gone. This show is all on you, big boy. Get us some buckets. That might uh, that might be a good thing to try. I don't I don't know if I want to give the, the, the guards more minutes, but like Nurkic somehow sits a lot. So if we can just throw him in in search, uh, certain matchups where it's like, oh, this is a plus one. Let's get him extra run. That might be a good way to get some points if that if that bench is going through one of their straight up dry streets. I think they need to figure out something because Sunday's game against Washington, those starters put up a twenty point lead. They were up thirty two twelve, about three minutes to go. Terry's thinking, okay, we have some momentum. We're going to go to our traditional rotations. I'm going to take out Damon CJ. They got that lead down to five, Sage, mm. in a bat of an eye. Yeah. And to me, that was frightening. Mm. And we had to end up playing Damon CJ 37 and 38 minutes respectively when we had at one point, we, we were able to build it back up to a 29-point lead, but we just, we, we did not have a killer instinct. And, you know, it's hard to blame Dame in that area because he was the one curing us same same with cj um dame put up uh 40 points six rebounds five assists he's the only player in the nba this year to have three 40 Mm -hmm. plus point performances so i'm not going to knock him there cj shot 56 percent from the field added you know seven boards to go with his 25 so this is awesome yeah, so I'm not going to, to knock those two. I think they can only do so much over the course of an 82-game season, but I feel like we just need to show a bit more killer instinct, and I, I want to see some of the guys kind of take a key from Damon CJ and you know follow suit. Um, it could be we may not just have the, the talent that we once thought. It could be that maybe we're playing one too deep in the rotation or – Maybe one, we really miss Mo Harkless. We miss his versatility or we miss Seth Curry. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I don't know if the Blazers can continue to survive if they have to rely this heavily on uh, on their starters. And what makes it a little bit more worrisome, it's not like, oh, we're on the road. That's, you know, we'll be fine at home. The last couple of games at home, they, the mm. bench, this has been an ongoing trend, which we've discussed um, for about a week, a week and a half. So it's something to monitor and keep an eye on. But 
for the Blazers to have continued success throughout the season, make no mistake about it, it, it relies on the bench because all great players need help. Mm-hmm. And Damon CJ need their guys to start knocking down jumpers. Yeah. Well, that's why I think, like, if if we did the rotation but kept Nurk in with the, 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 the bench players and just gave him, like, four or five minutes, it does a few extra good things. Nurk can get biz, and then you can play around more with the Zach Collins-Nurkic front line with them going against lesser competition. I don't know. It's something that we're going to have to experiment with and find the right pieces that work in that bench unit. So it should be an interesting little few weeks where Sots just has to try out new lines. Yeah, and again, you know, we've discussed this. It also depends on matchup. Can you get away playing two two bigs in a Nurkic and a Collins at the same time? Um, I would also like to see more plays run for Nurk where he has the ball at the elbow and he's initiating some offense. You know, I think he had, um, I think he had a career high assist in mm. the first half mm-hmm. uh, against the Wizards. I think he ended with a, a near triple double, um, thirteen points, fourteen boards, eight assists, and the same thing with Swanigan. You know, if we're, if we're looking for uh, a fourth big to play, yes, Myers provides that three-point shooting, but I think we could run some actual offense with Swanigan initiating it from the high post. To me, that's his best NBA skill set. It's something that a lot of teams probably aren't equipped to defend. And we have a lot of really great cutters on that second unit with, with Evan and especially Nick and Zach's tall enough you can maybe throw it over the top and he can you know he's shown a real aptitude of, of catching and finishing pretty gracefully for for a seven foot big man so I would like to see us get a little bit more um, strategic and mm. and crafty with that second unit because you're not going to have Dame or CJ there just to, to shake by a defender and get to the bucket at will I mean you're gonna have to really work for your offense yeah I mean maybe when Seth Seth's comes back things you know normalize a little bit in a good way but i think i th- i don't think we can do the hubie brown rotation scheme where it's 25 25 or something like that i think you're gonna have to stagger at least one good player in with that that ro- with that rotation so we've been discussing the blazers the bench, the rotation. I think it's a perfect time to answer this fan question we got from Brandon Goldner of the Trailcasters. Wants to know, at what point do the Blazers just shut Mo down for a while rather than going game to game? Seems like having to keep penciling him out is more of a distraction than anything else. I thought we were just... I'm not expecting him to play anytime soon. So as in my mind, he is just out. So maybe yeah. maybe it just gives other people hope, but like for me, like when you you've dealed with dealing with an injury this drastic, where it take it's been six months since his his injury and it still hasn't recovered, there's something seriously wrong. So at least for me, I just pencil him out every game. I I think so too, and I heard there's rumblings on the broadcast that he's going to play this road trip. I put it at five percent. I'm I'm a believe it when I see it. Uh, when he's been out this long, we're talking all summer, and he played and then he re-aggravated it, 
to me, I would honestly just say, Mo, regardless of how you feel, we're shutting you down until the new year. We're just putting a definitive timeline. We need to see how your knee reacts when we think you're ready, plus maybe an extra two weeks. You can go and practice with the team, but we're not going to give you full game run until we can see it stand up because I think it does more harm than good to keep inserting and then excluding Mo out of the out of the, out of the lineups and the rotations because if that's one thing Blazer fans know is our role players only play well when they have a defined role and responsibility and know what their leash is how many minutes they're going to get uh, about what time they're going to come in but if you bring Mo in does he start over Jake does Jake go back to the bench does Mo then now get more run with with the reserves now Evan has to start figuring out ways to get him involved as the point guard of that second unit so there's a lot of intricacies that go into bringing a player back from injury and the way it has kind of bobbed up and down kind of like a buoy I would err on the side of caution and to me I would just wait until the new year and Mo Harkless isn't going to be Mo Harkless when he first comes back it's going to be a long time. I mean, like eight months without basketball, he's not going to be the same guy he was that earned the contract a few years ago. So it's like, we got to slow play it with Mo. I know that like broadcast tells, is telling us like, hey, he might come back. That's bullshit. He's going to be on the, he's going to be on the bench and just in a suit and expecting him to play and play well, it just isn't a, uh, a good thing to be hoping for we need to really just make sure he's good for the long run i mean it's his career at hand i mean like you don't want to rush back you don't want to see him turn into quincy pondexter quincy dealt with a very similar injury and played on it and you know the pelicans made the playoffs but he hasn't been himself for three years there was the humongous body change it's just not a good look so mo really needs to be healthy and focus on himself because He's still a very young guy, and just rushing back isn't a good look. So we have a, a really good fan question from um, Bob Deeger. Wants to know, and it's something I've been thinking about internally as well. After last year's first-round sweep and with no substantive roster changes in the offseason, I'm super hesitant to accept that this team is actually good. Should I loosen up or keep my guard? I think you definitely should keep your guard. You definitely see... Things that they can work on, especially with effort. They, I mean, they have a superstar that is like an MVP type candidate and then some really good scores. So they're going to keep you in games, but it's all effort based. So I think they are a good team, but they, that this team can also let you down and let you down pretty big. I would keep your guard. And the reason I say this and this is just for me personally, when I get my expectations, when I get my expectations and hopes up too high, I find the games not as enjoyable to watch. I'm like on edge every single play, you know, freaking out if we go on like a, if the other team goes on a 6-0 run, like I, I just don't find those games as enjoyable when the stress level is so high and you just, you feel more relieved than anything else after a victory. And I think that's to be expected when your team is a true championship contender, and that's just how it's going to have to be. But this team, you know, I think they have a solid chance at getting home court advantage in the first round. I think they really have as good a chance as anyone not named Golden State to get out of the first round. But there's still a chance they could miss the postseason. Do I think that will happen? You know, no. 
But we just said earlier in the podcast, three games separates first from 11th. And the, everyone has to play the same amount of road games, the same amount of home games. There is going to be a lot of fluidity and flexibility in the schedule and the results over the course of the season. There's going to be times, and we saw this last year, we went on a 13-game win streak. We also lost like seven or eight in a row at home. So what I would encourage you to do if you're watching the Blazers, one, just have fun, but two, be even keel. Like if you win three in a row, okay, like we're just playing really good basketball, um, but don't get too high. If you lose, you know, two in a row on the road, don't get too low. Like there's a chance to to redeem yourself against the Wizards, which we did. Obviously, I think there comes a point in time where you do look at that and like, oh, we are actually really good. We won of 11. You know, look look who we beat. Look at the differential. Or shit, man, we've lost eight straight. It, we need to blow this thing up. So I think there is time to go one way or the other. But for the most part, I would just kind of uh, keep it even through through the rest of the season. Keep your guard up a little bit, but also enjoy it. Like we're watching, I think, the best point guard and one of the best players in the NBA in Dame Lillard. Um, CJ can cook it at, at moment's notice. I think Yusuf Nurkic has been the most probably underappreciated player in the entire NBA this season. The way he's putting up numbers is his defense uh, really looks like a completely different tr- uh, player from from last season. And, you know, we've got some good young players. So definitely don't get your hopes up too high, but have fun with it. Um, I do think we're going to make the playoffs. And if the ball bounces our way, if a couple teams, you know, maybe have some internal drama, then, you know, there's, there's chance. So the one thing Portland has going for them <clears throat> is our culture, our chemistry, Damian Lillard. You look at a team like the Wizards, who are now imploding. You've got John Paul telling Scott Brooks, fuck you. The next minute, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my teammates. Brad Bill saying, hey, I've had to deal with this shit for my seven years I've been here. Um, they're a mess. On paper, maybe just as talented as the Blazers. But, you know, I'm knocking on wood. I don't think Portland's going to self-implode. So you have that in your favor. There's a couple of vol- volatile teams in the Western Conference right now that could really beat themselves and be their own worst enemy. So there, there's a chance for the Blazers to make some noise, but I would rather than look at it on a game by game basis, look at it over a span of, okay, what did we do this five or eight game stretch? Um, are we beating the teams we should beat? Are we beating teams with 500 records? And right now the Blazers have the best record in the entire NBA against teams with 500 records. We're nine and two. And really, we're 9-0 against every other, every team that's not named the Lakers with a winning record. And, you know, it took LeBron having a 44-point near triple-double for that to happen. So, really, if Portland can just get their focus, and I think that's why I'm hesitant a bit, because I did not see the focus against the Timberwolves, and that was a team we should have handled, I think, with relative ease. Um, even with the change with Sarich and Covington, that team does nothing for me. And I think we kind of just... Uh, let them run wild over us. Uh, there, we should have dissected that Minnesota team, and it was evident because I believe Memphis went in there and, and did just that. So, you know, long answer. Keep your guard up a bit, but just enjoy the season. Yeah, it's gonna, have fun. I think it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be. A, it's a process, right? 
So right it now, is a process. It, 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 just enjoy seeing, you know, arguably the best point guard in the NBA do his thing for your team. Wait, do you think he's better than Curry right now? Or are you not including Curry because he's hurt? I have had the take that Damian Lillard is better than Steph Curry. Steph Curry does not have to carry a team. He hasn't had to carry a team for three or four years. He's not the defense's primary focal point. He has no pressure. He can dish it off to one of the greatest shooters of all time in Klay Thompson, maybe the best pure scorer all time in Kevin Durant. He has, I think, one of the best glue guys of all time in Draymond Green. They've got shooters galore. Um, Is Steph Curry a fantastic NBA basketball player? Absolutely. First ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. But what I see with what Damian Lillard does with this roster, that's incredible to me. He is. We saw just how much emphasis the Pelicans put on him in the playoffs. You can't do that to the Warriors because of those players I just listed off. So it's. I don't think you're wrong if if you say Curry's a better player. He's putting up historic numbers. But at the end of the day, too, I don't think you could say I'm wrong either because there's that Curry's just going. Yeah, there's an he's argument. He's just going up against the other team's defender. That he learned he's not getting a double team. He's not getting any special defenses thrown at him. He really can just operate, and he's so good that he's going to put up those numbers when he just gets to do what he wants to do. When when the defenses can't, the defenses are not going to double him and leave Clay and, and Kevin. That, that that that's all I'm saying. Defenses will double Dame, and they have continued to do so when we have Evan Turner and Alfred Camino on the court. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I get your point. I, I think Dame's number two in terms of guards, which I, I guess isn't that fucking bad since <laughs> Curry's putting up video game numbers and also, Dame's I, leading I the team. It's, it's something to be, be be said. You know, I'm knocking on wood again. Durability. Mm-hmm. Steph has had injury issues his entire career. So... Being there just, helps, yeah. Being there is the most important part, right? I don't know. Like, if I had to say the tough, I don't know. It's tough with the West, but it's like, I, I think Steph is above everybody, and then Dame, and then there's Harden, I, I, Drew Holiday. <laughs> I just can't fucking believe I just said that, but I, watch him. All right, let's t- we've got a four game week up ahead and let's take a quick break from our sponsors and then we'll we'll dive right in. For you, the listeners of Holy Backward, Vinyl Me Please is a vinyl record of the month club. The best record club, in fact. Every month, Final Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. We celebrate one incredible vinyl record every month and send an exclusive pressing of it right to your door. We'll also include an original 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and a paired cocktail recipe to sweeten the deal even more. When we say special edition, we're not messing around. We work closely with both label and artists to come up with something you actually can't find anywhere else. We're talking colored vinyl, custom lyric books, exclusive artwork, personal notes from the artist, and much, much more. The only thing that won't surprise you each month is how much you end up loving the music itself. 
We know that trusting someone else to curate your record collection can be scary. Like, really scary. You've had your whole life to fine-tune your taste, and we certainly don't want to get in the way. That's why we have swaps. With swaps, you can exchange a featured record with one from the VMP archive or a limited set of store titles. This way, even though you're trying new things, you won't be forced to take a title you already have, or you know in advance isn't right for you. There are no hidden fees either. We're not like that, okay? That read was by one of my good friends, Rainbow Lightbright. You can check out her Mixer stream at mixer.com slash Rainbow Lightbright, and that's Rainbow Lightbright without the O in a rainbow. To support the Holy Backboard, though, go to joinvmp.com slash Holy Backboard. Again, that's joinvmp.com slash Holy Backboard. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Holy Backboard podcast. Dustin and Sage here discussing the second half of the six-game road trip. Sage, we have the New York Knicks and Milwaukee Bucks back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, off for the Thanksgiving holiday, and then a Black Friday uh, late night cap against the Golden State Warriors in the Bay. And then, oh, here's your reward for coming back home, the Red Hot LA Clippers on Sunday. Sage, this could easily be the hardest week we have ever had. It is a bloodbath, and we are 1-2 and two on the current road trip. We said both we need to see 3-3. Three and three. Let's, you know, kind of do a little bit of rapid fire, dive in. We have the Knicks on Tuesday, tomorrow. Obviously, no Porzingis. Tim Hardaway Jr. is their their leading scorer. They do have some bodies. They do have some bodies with, with Ennis Cantor. Um, but to me, focus. I know it's Madison Square Garden, which gives Portland, I think, an edge because you never want to not perform in the Mecca. But we've struggled against the Knicks. It's It's been kind of a mixed bag over the course of, of the last few years at the Knicks. Like, they've never been good, but our performances kind of teeter either way. I think after the two losses against the Lakers and Wolves, we saw how they responded. Dame's going to want to put on a put on a show in, in Madison Square Garden. And to be frank, I don't know if they have anybody that can stop him. To me, the, this game boils down to does Portland have focus and do they show up? Because you can watch within the first six minutes how many turnovers do the Trailblazers have. That's going to tell you the story because that's exactly when you know they're not focusing when they have 13 first-half turnovers against a team like the Wolves. Yeah.
the Knicks are two and five at home this year. I think Portland, this is this is my first must-win game of the season. You cannot lose this game and then expect to pick up two against the Bucks and the Warriors. I think Portland knows that, and I think they handle their business. I think the X factor will be that Blazer backcourt. I think they're going to put on a show. They know CJ is a journalist. He's in the media. He knows what they report on in New York. Dame is a showman. They've both been balling out lately. I like them to have a big night. Hmm. And I think Nurk's going to keep it up as well. I think he's going to help keep help keep hmm. Cantor off the glass. So I've got Blazers. Uh, what do you have, Sage? Exactly. Yeah. I think, I, first of all, I'm shocked you didn't mention your boyfriend anywhere in that the, the Knicks thing. Because Noah Vonley has been an absolute stud. I'll just say it. Like, He's 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 putting up numbers up next, when he gets the you time have to the play. The Milwaukee so. Bucks on a back-to-back. Watch out for him. He might, he's looking very good. Finally had their he's way against the Bucks very earlier nice, this like, season. It was a 118-103 victory. Just power forward, but two you weeks know, ago to the day. You always have to deal with him. I think CJ had isn't 40, it like an embarrassingly bad on CJ's lineup victim where unit. Like you know, Emmanuel Moody, the Bucks, Moody or Trey Burke. They remember that. Alonzo you Trier, know the Bucks remember that. It was and then maybe your boyfriend. Um, Giannis was oddly quiet. Yeah, and so it's, it's a bad team. So what? Portland I think had this game last year in Milwaukee in until that, he decided that to take over that team. And, and if we come in this is going to be, I think, the toughest game of the road trip. It's going to be an easy win. I think they're a young team. So if you Brooke give Lop- them hope, Brooke Lopez is newly they will try hard for the entire game. With the three point but if you shot, take that hope away, um, Chris Middleton on CJ has step on their neck. Just the high the advantage they're makes gonna it a, a tough, a tough matchup for the Blazers. And then you know you have the Greek Freak, who I thought didn't play super fantastic, still put up twenty three nine boards, six assists on sixty one percent shooting. <laughs> and and that was, I, that, yeah. I thought that was a C performance from him. I mean, I'm going to take Clay Thompson every time. I what I. I mean, Chris is a good player, but Chris is not going to score 60 points in three quarters. He's he's not going to give yeah, you a game Nurk's six performance in OKC with the season on the line like Clay did. I know Clay's struggling right now, but I have the Blazers as well. I think Nurk is going to shine against Cantor at his and best then, when uh, his best was needed yeah, most. I, I think it should Chris be good. It, hasn't had, just, he has not played with that pressure. Don't incentivize them to play like hard. The Bucks have, it should yeah. be a wire-to-wire victory, and it, we should see our guards rest in the fourth quarter. Salute to CJ. I think Chris Middleton's a nice player, but they, I think they that's... They remember this. Yeah. I think that's shooting above his average there. I think and that's... At home. that's yeah. uh, I don't... No, Chris... No. So what does what does Portland do? To me, I think the X factor is the bench. I believe John Henson is out for for the Bucks. Um, they really rely on Delavadova, Divincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Tony Snell, um, a lot of small players. I think for Portland, 
One, they have to defend the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee was gung-ho at attempting the threes in Portland. Um, Brooke Lopez has won games for the Bucks this year. I believe he hit like 8 of 10 against Denver in Denver earlier this Jesus. season. I Obviously, Melton is known as being a sharpshooter as well. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Portland has to defend I, the three. I've always had this argument with people, and I'm going to And by doing so, it's harder do you to think's defend better, Chris Middleton or Clay long Thompson? rebounds. And that's traditionally what happens when, when shots miss from the perimeter. So they need to limit Milwaukee to oh. one possession. Oh, I, I and the bench so has Chris to play lights argument. out. Like We need big buckets from Stauskas. For, for whatever reason, this feels like an Evan Turner game. I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's, and I think that you get to see what Chris Middleton can do throughout the year, and you can see, like, the, the, the what he can do for your team in order to win. Clay has yeah, that wonderful team yeah, that you can rely on, home. so he can just do it's catch on back shoot. to back. But, like, I think Portland puts up a good fight. In the fight, things that you've but... seen... Like, I think Giannis I, I is going to be too much, and I really think Portland is going to have, have a big bullshit, night. It's just, like just going to be just going to be one of those nights. But Portland will then head west, take on all of a sudden the Chris. I know you're hearing this. I know the you're Golden State this. Warriors, who are I'm now full on turmoil. Stephen Curry will not give me, play. Give me uh, that'll be I think day nine, and they're <sighs> waiting ten days to reevaluate him. Who knows if Draymond Green is going to suit up? He has a toe injury. They're keeping him away from the team. And it's really going to be, can Portland not let Kevin Durant or Klay Thompson go into God mode, which LeBron did. Um, LeBron won that game for the Lakers mm. last Wednesday. Portland can beat this this Warrior team, even in Golden State. Now the question is, is the game taking place too late in the week? Are the, are the Warriors going to right the ship? Or are they still going to be? Are they still going to be sinking? You know they've lost three in a row, but unfortunately for Portland, the majority of those losses, all of them, have been actually on the road. The only team to beat Golden mm-hmm. State at home this year was the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so you know you're going into that game without Steph Curry. Games from Oakland. It's the last game of a six gate six game trip. So you're obviously yeah because there are small, smaller guards that Sage, he can bully post tell me the Blazers can get this and way. then like run the offense from the low post where like he can kick it to the shooters and yeah I, I see that I, I actually see that one I like it I just think the length of the the Milwaukee Bucks is just too scary for me so I'm gonna and it's at home court and I think Giannis saw that he kind of missed a chance to win the game with him playing a C game I would double so KD I, for me I'm going a Bucks victory. And this is this is a hard one. So, mm-hmm. in their last performance, a, a 104-92 loss in San Antonio, they started uh, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Iguodala was their point guard. And they went Jarepko and Kevon Looney. Um, 
So there's. So if I see that lineup, if I'm Portland, I double yeah. the shit out of Kevin Durant every time. I, I beg every one of those players not named Clay Thompson to shoot the basketball. And so in on and on offense, I I think Dame and CJ need to cook, but at the same time look for their teammates because there's gonna be I think there's going to be holes to exploit. I think Nurkic I think could have a big Dollar, night like, down low with this is his that hometown. warrior he's a hometown front kid. line. And I think he goes for 50. I think he puts again, a 50 burger Portland on them. And just has to make sure they don't the have too many dry spells. But, but I think Nurkic, it, it's really Dame, about stopping I, the for two For whatever reason, I, I've got a good feeling about this game. I think Portland Man. gets the dub. I do think Dame has this a big is, night as well. This um, is that would be a 3-3 trip, and I think he would take that. You know, know ten times isn't. over, but if he came and back now you're looking at coming home to play the LA Clippers, who record-wise, that ten million dollar contract, they're tied for first. Man, I would put, in, in the I would put him Conference. on play. They've won five in a row. On, the last uh, loss was KD to the Trailblazers in Portland. Send some doubles, but like those, the, that would be the match. You said this time and time again. The first head. game home Maybe after a long road trip is essentially another road game. Who's the? If Draymond's not there, right after the holiday, Damon Jones and some the guys are going to want to see their friends and they're going to want to see their family. Depending on how these three games go, are they going to be dialed in? Because um, oh, they get okay. one day. Oh, okay. It might be it might be matchup I based just, for center. I think we actually play the Clippers really well. We beat them one sixteen one hundred five back on November eighth. They have been starting uh, mm-hmm. Boban yeah, and Nurk does just a very nice wish job we had against another him. Guy he boxes him out. He makes him work. That, like, I think if we put that pick and roll, make him move laterally on the defensive end. Most likely. Obviously, so, but the yeah, player I, I like that I defensive strategy. Montrez Harrell, he was 8 of 9, had 19 you know, and 6, 3 blocks, absolutely. Um, but what we did really well is we made Lou Williams just try to be a one-man show. He was 8 of 22. I thought he really took them out of the game with Open a lot X. of his shots. Um, this is a game where Portland's backcourt, they're going to need to rely on them because Patrick Beverly and Shai Gilgis-Alexander, who is going to be fantastic, he's he's hmm. you know he's going to have his rookie moments. So can, can, can Dame exploit them? Again, first game back from home, I think we might want to go to our depth. And I think if we can go 10 deep and we can get – Production. I think Seth will yeah. probably be back by then. You get Seth and Nick just rolling from three a bit, get a couple easy buckets from Collins. Then Damon CJ start to, you know, tough the team. shoulders relax a little bit. Okay, I don't have to carry the team so much more. Fun team. Um watch out if we're if we're looking for for an expector, watch out for for Jake Lehman. I've been liking the way he's been playing lately. Um would love to see a little bit more backdoor cuts, mm. some some catch and shoots. He's been he's been hitting his three. So watch out for for Jake the Snake. I I have a feeling this might be the night. So I say Portland gets the win. I think we go three and one, um, which would be they get the one roof, day break. Um, as we about 
approach the end um, of November. I think this one's a schedule loss, bud. Uh, so with Thanksgiving coming up, yeah, what is? I know we have this every year, and I feel like every year the the answer changes. What's your what's the go to? What's the go to food that you're looking for? He's a fucking beast, bro. Hmm. I really like him. Fun. I'm all, I'm a leftover boy. So what I like to do, huh? Burrito. So I make a Thanksgiving burrito. Olga makes an amazing cranberry sauce with real cranberries. You put that in there. The mashed potatoes and gravy, uh, the stuffing, um, shit, anything else you can find. I wrap it up and I put it in that bitch. And it is the best thing in the world. So burritos are like my favorite food. So Man, anything in a tortilla is just fire. So th- that's what I'm looking forward to. I would guess if I have to pick, I don't think, again, it was just everything I just put in that burrito. Like, I, I love all, all of that stuff. Like, I-, I probably the only one who, Olga really only makes the cranberry sauce just for me. And it's it's not the canned stuff. It's like the OG, like real cranberries, you know, orange zest, orange peels, like good stuff. Like really, because I used to hate cranberry sauce because I thought it was just the stuff out of the can. But she made it, got me hooked My on it. My mother um, has gotten pretty very stoked good at also dressings, for the desserts. You know, the bread stuff. She like, was I'm, I'm excited, out, uh, like, with her banana getting older and um, stuff like that, she really that have only never had to make cooks it tomorrow. For the holidays, and so you know when you think about Christmas, New Year's, banana that flavored stuff? stuff is like and that, my jam. Those three it's holidays, my favorite, she goes all out. My on. favorite in the entire so world. Whatever so she makes, and I know I'm she's going to test that out. Right just made a couple of pumpkin make, cheesecakes. I'm completely and totally ready to go. About Jazz. Going to have you over on the following week for a little. But I'm really excited well. for some stuffing. Stage, it's it's uh, gonna be a it's, it's a good time of the year. Made my, my this man. really crazy stuffing with like Italian bread and Chinese sausage and stuff like that. Like I might try and pull that out. I don't know. I, I my trip to Medford is gonna be very sh- short this year because of trying to be an adult. You know, adulting really does suck, man. But what what's your go to dish, man? I'm a broke boy. Oh, okay. I've already so are you got sandwich or burrito? my presents. Everyone was on a sandwich or a burrito. Man? Pretty short okay. leash yeah. this this year. Uh, one thing we will do is we will go. We got a, a Columbia employee pass, and I think we're going to go there on Black Friday. Um, grab a grab a couple of fleeces for um, for the homeless, mm-hmm. whether it's the Fred Meyer coat coat drive or the transition projects. 
whatever. We'll find a good home, but we'll, we'll get a couple of those and, and make sure that uh, we're keeping people uh, really warm this winter because I think that's what gets lost in, in the mix. It's not really about hoops. It's mm-hmm. not about about food or, or presents or anything like that. Like we've got we've got people out there who, for whatever reason or another, they don't have a home. So if you don't just just all year round we should, but you know, with everyone kind of in, in the spirit, just just think mm. of others this holiday season. And if it's as simple simple as seeing somebody on the street giving them their leftovers or chipping in and you know donating some some warm clothes, like find a good cause Ooh. and Ooh. you know go for it because I think that really oh baby that that's to me is really what the holidays are and that's why i love it so yeah. much is you know it's, it's about being together and also doing good good for others absolutely absolutely now that i'm here like i can i can be a part of people that you know, I love festivities and stuff, so that's it's always dope, man. Like, I'm very happy living in Portland, Oregon, or, you know, suburbs or whatever. Um, are you going out uh, on Friday, or are you with Cyber Monday ahead? Are you going to do any of that stuff? Yeah, I, I have okay. my eye on a couple things. That, that Mitchell and Ness 40% Black Friday sale obviously hits, so I, I might, might might pick up. Something I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to be good, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Nah, I mean we've done this shit 129 times. If you don't know where to find us, then you don't know you don't know where to find us. Well, I'm gonna sound like a selfish asshole, but I'm getting a another computer chair. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I Let's get these dub blazers. Ten hours a day, and it's already broken. So it's like, you know, if there's a gaming chair or whatever, I'm I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> so yeah, like the, the, a, a nice chair is what I want for uh, uh, Black Friday, and then I, I think I. I have to get a certain someone a matching tracksuit. So that that's the two goals for today. Or for that uh, Cyber Monday. Ooh, baby. Those blazer shorts? Those blazer shorts? Me too, dog. I want them shit so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want them shit so fucking bad. 
Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah. Uh, fuck, honestly, I think it's the perfect place to wrap you. You sounding like a good boy, me being a selfish asshole. I think it's the the right it's the right balance of the holy backboard. And uh, you got anything you want to promote, or we just peacing out? <laughs> uh, yo, no streams this week. I'm gonna be in Southern Oregon. I might do something Wednesday. Shouldn't lie. I'm probably gonna stream Wednesday. So if you want to check out some low low budget ass siege play, check me out. But uh, we'll be we'll be starting the 2K on Mixer.com/slash D A S A G E the Sage, and it should be fun. I'll be working on some other projects while I'm down there on this 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 family thing so if you fuck with us fuck with us um have a wonderful thanksgiving weekend my man and uh i'll see you when i get back all right all right peace